0: Content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Always Another Way podcast. My name is Marina Sprocky-Spriggs and I'm your host. I have a master's in professional counseling. I am the Ippy award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I write positive divorce advice for the Huff Post, and I'm trained in clinical hypnosis. And this podcast speaks to out-of-the-box thinkers and those who hear the call of hope in always another way. And if you're very rigid and set in your beliefs, then this probably is not your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And we have a really, really cool show today all about doing something another way. And that thing another way, um, we're going to be talking about a gap year after 60. And you may be thinking like, what's a gap year? Um, I only heard about the gap year maybe four or five years ago, um, as uh, from a friend of mine whose son was going to college, and I was like, oh, "That's interesting, good idea." And then, but I don't have children of that age, nothing more. And I've had the pleasure of interviewing uh, the woman I'm going to talk to today, her husband Sam Harrington, uh, Dr. Sam Harrington, about his book. Um, choosing a good death after a long life it's called at peace is the beginning title It was super good and then had the opportunity to meet his wife through that and so we are going to talk to Debbie Weil she is a veteran communications professional she was a journalist for 20 years before becoming an early adopter of the web and the internet in the 1990s in 2006 she published the corporate blogging book and it was one of the first books about business blogging, after which she spoke and consulted worldwide on corporate use of social media. After 31 years in Washington, D.C., and after their three children were grown, Debbie persuaded her physician husband, Sam Harrington, to retire and reinvent how they live by moving to a small town on the coast of Maine. This major life change became the basis for a blog they write together gap year after 60, and side note, what we're gonna talk about today. And she, as for, she has a podcast she's developing called A Gap Year for Grown-Ups. She continues to be a nonfiction non, fiction non-fiction book writing coach. She also founded, produces, and directs Island Women Speak. It's a moth-like evening of storytelling by local women ages 20 to 94. She has an honors degree in English from Harvard, a master's in journalism from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and an MBA from Georgetown University. She and her husband have six grandchildren and divide their time between Stonyton, Maine, and Brooklyn, New York. So, welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you.
1: Hi. Hey, huh? Is that working? Yes, we can hear you and see you well. So, but I can't see me, which is terrible, but... Um, I, just cause I don't, I want to be looking at the right place. Thank you so much, Marina. It's, it's, it's an honor, absolutely an honor to, to be on your show. And I love your, uh, I love your tagline for out of the box thinkers. Cause I think that's kind of what we feel we've done. Oh yeah. And that's why you're on the show.
0: <laughs> and what's and So I'll well, talk beginning. I had, I was doing like a little promotional post and, um, I use this S word, seniors, and, um, and so and and so. Then I saw Debbie had put a post about that, and then even as I was thinking about that and talked to her a little bit about this before. Um, so I'm I'm 46, so I'm getting close to that 60, you know, and um, but what is you know seniors in that word, you know? And I was just thinking, oh, I kind of feel the same as maybe I was in my 20s, but looking older and maybe wiser too. And so, um, yeah, how about you, Debbie?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's the quintessential baby boomer allergic reaction to, um, you know, we're special, we're different. We're, we're, we're not old. We're never going to get old. Um, although definitely now, now I'm 66 cause when I left DC, I was 61. Definitely feel a little older. There's nothing wrong with older, by the way, because we're all getting older every day. Right. But the, unfortunately, the term senior just is so loaded. I think with negative connotations. You know, a senior is someone who's less active, less useful, less valued. And I think I think um, maybe not just baby boomers, but many of us react against that um and even the word retire or retired is one that i i really have to swallow hard to say it because um uh sam and i have done so many things you know since we left dc and he's written a book and i don't think either one of us feels very retired so that's another word that baby boomers are allergic to and you know as in we're, we're doing something different we're in a different stage of life but um this old old idea of being kind of retired and sitting back, it just doesn't fit a lot of us.
0: Oh, and I love that because I feel yes. like I'm going that way. And so, um, and yeah, let's kind of talk about, so I just said, I just barely just heard about this gap year for, you know, students. And so what what is the difference? So you've said, okay, I'll have a gap year for over 60. And, you know, kind of what's the difference between a gap year for students and a gap year for um, adults that are older than college, you know, I guess you can be any age in college, but you know, that early student age.
1: Well, first of all, we, um, gap year is is very popular in the UK, a gap year. And when our children were in their teens, which was 20 years ago, we had kids very young. Um, we let each one of them, all three of them take a gap year. We felt we were being very progressive, you know, parents to do that. Um, But we both reflected to each other at the time um, that we wish we had been able to take a gap year after high school and before college. And of course, we didn't know each other then, but our respective parents had said, no, absolutely not. So it occurred to us, you know, as we got to the stage where our youngest daughter was graduating from medical school, from graduate school, but, oh yeah! Actually, wait. We don't need to ask permission anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we could take a gap year, um, and you know, and and so what is it? Well, a, a student gap year um, is pretty much what it sounds like. It's I think it's especially um, valuable for students who've really studied very very hard. They've just been nose to the grindstone for twelve years, um, and want to take a break and experience a little bit of real life yeah. before hitting the books again. So that, of course, is the biggest difference because this gets kind of meta, but um, we'd already had a real life, but we still wanted to experience something different. And we we can talk more about that. So that's the biggest difference. And students want to get a taste of real life. And um, I think grownups maybe want to get away from their current real life and try something different for various reasons.
0: Right. Right. And so with that gap year now that we're moving to grown-ups and then maybe somebody might think, well, is that like um a sabbatical or something? Or what is that difference between uh, taking that translation and I guess to rewind a little bit. I'm that's just so awesome that you that you let your kids take a take a gap year and I wish I would have been able to do that just to think about some more things too, but here we are. I'll wait for the gap year next. <laughs> so, um, so the difference between a gap year and a sabbatical, what's, what are the two main, dif- or the main differences between those two?
1: Well, again, this is a little bit semantics, and I'm just laying on my definition. But generally, sabbatical is very clear. It's usually associated with academics, and you get it every seven years, and you go away and you come back. It's very clear. Sabbatical means it's a break from what you're doing, and you're going to go back. Okay. And a gap year, uh, our feeling is, certainly the way we've experienced it, and even just the way I okay. want to define it is, uh, I, it's a timeout, it's a break, uh, you know, a radical break in how you live and where you live and what you do. And at the end of it, you may continue changing and evolving. You're, you likely, as a grown-up, don't go back to where you were before. So um, it's really not a sabbatical. It's it's a, a step. Or it's a stepping stone to changing or reinventing your life. And I would submit that it's a necessary one because it's really hard to go from you know you're living in D.C. and you have a professional life to oh now we're going to do this. Usually you don't know what you want to do next. You need a gap. You, know, you need a timeout to experiment and um, think about it. You really just have time to think. Yeah, okay, so with
0: that, so you you got this idea from your kids and you approach your husband and say, okay, let's do, let's do this kind of gap year thing. So from there, how did kind of that, um, from, okay, idea to that, how did that decision making process sort of take place uh, where you thought, you know what, this is something that I might be interested in doing, you know, both very, you're both very successful and just have careers going places, successful children, seems like everything's going great you know, what was that like? in that decision-making process, we're going to do something different.
1: Well, I have to say it was not a one month, oh, let's take a gap year. And then the next month we did it. It is a decision-making process that probably happened over two decades, really from um, the late nineties, when we realized our kids were teenagers and we're going off to school and we went out for lunch one day. And oh, I have this vivid memory of a we were sitting at a restaurant that had a, uh, you know, a butcher block paper tablecloth. It was a pizza restaurant, and Sam um, said, "Well, you know, what's next for us?" And he's not really into brainstorming, but he he said that. And I got out a pencil and I drew this timeline across the, across the tablecloth, and we suddenly started thinking, well, "Well, was there a different life than the life we were living in D.C.?" And uh, we scribbled things on it. We both signed it and dated it. It was 1998. Um, and then I took, I ripped off the piece of paper and I folded it up and I took it home and I put it on the kitchen bulletin board and I saved it for years. I kept moving it around, you know, you have to keep uh-huh. things, you have the new notices. Um, so it, but it kind of went underground, you know, it was gestating, it was just gestating. I think it's a long, slow conversation that you have over time, a number of times. And then there's a, then there's some kind of, um, there's just a point there's some um, juncture where you suddenly think oh yeah th- this is the right moment at least that's how it worked for us but I think it might work like that for a lot of adults depending on how old your children are if they're re- really young you, know, you could take them with you or um, and Sam Sam is really the one who retired from his medical practice but he was ready to and he did it on the early side he was only about 61 but um you know it's, it's everything you've heard about practicing medicine and regulations and so forth and he was very frustrated and he you know over a series of many many conversations um, he finally said yeah I I think I've done it you know, I've done it I've been he was a very respected doctor and wonderful physician in DC and he said I've done it I don't think I need to do it anymore he said i have nothing else to prove and so then it, it was like one step at a time so What will, shall we? what shall we do and then he said Oh, why don't we go live up on the coast of Maine and we'd a little still have a little tiny vacation cottage. Um, it'll be inexpensive, and of course, it's really remote, very remote in the winter. So why don't we go try that? And so he was now challenging me, and I said, "Well, wow, you know, I don't know about the winter, but okay." So. So get that, think. That, that's the decision making but it was very slow, and you have to kind of drop it for a while. Particularly, if one if you're if you're in a relationship, and one person thinks it's a great idea, and the other person thinks you're completely crazy, it's like I call it planting a seed. Just plant a seed, and then just drop it for a while. Nice. And, and how do you sort of define your purpose? So,
0: going to go someplace and defining like, are we going to just do tick off like items on our bucket list, or just sort of reinvent ourselves? Or how do you kind of go about that decision-making and, and planning process? So you said it's sort of long, and then, and then Sam says to you, okay, let's go here. And you're like, that's a great idea. So both in agreement, great idea, we can go somewhere. How do you take those, the idea to that next step of like, okay, so we could, you know, it sounds good to like just rent a house for a summer, but you're talking about doing something else, and then all those things that come with kind of starting anew.
1: Well, we um, at the same time we decided to do this to leave DC, which was June of 2013, so just five years ago. Uh, I um, had this idea that we should start a blog and write a blog together, um, documenting, you know, while it was happening, you know, what we were, what we were doing, and um, the tagline for our blog is "Hungering for Change." and embracing uncertainty. Ooh, love it. It it turns out embracing uncertainty is very difficult for me, (laughs) even even though I had the idea and I was sort of the adventurer. So the answer to, you know, what were we gonna do? We didn't know. We were gonna experiment. And it was pretty darn scary, really. As in, you know, would Sam dismiss his medical practice so much that he'd have to go back to it in some way? The answer to that was no. Um, So we scheduled, a few things for the gap here. We scheduled um, going to France and studying French intensively. We both speak French somewhat, but wanted to something we'd always wanted to do. And we also scheduled another chunk of time in the winter to go to Africa and volunteer, which is something we had done together when we were in our in college. And it always said, you know, we want to go back to Africa, I and mean, then you know, it sort of never happens. So it was a combination of. We're just going to see how this turns out, and, but we'll schedule a few things, and then we'll kind of see what it's like to be living away from D.C. Um, and finding useful things that we really want to do. So the bug of this thing is it's important. It helps you think of adventures and travel, but our guiding principle was you know, we're looking for a new purpose, a new way of living. We're just making more money. It's not the guiding rule. Um, and, and what is that? And it doesn't just fall for the heavens. I mean, you have to sort of, time has to go by. You have to, um, you know, figure it out as you go along. So that's, um, I, th- I think that's an answer. I can't yeah, remember. No, 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 That's,
0: that's, 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 that's very good. and very explanatory. And speaking of that money thing. And, and so some people are saying, oh, that sounds great. But, um, yeah, what do we do about money? And how does that kind of, how does that well, I, kind of work out or preclude
1: or not preclude people from doing this? Well, I think most people certainly by our age own a home. So you can rent your house. If you think about it, you could do a swap. Um, most people can, I think, figure out the money piece for certainly for a year, um, you know, using either what you've got in the bank or renting your house or doing a swap, Um I think you can be creative about it Um, and I think you have to be very realistic, which is that the operative word is downsizing. You know, less is more. And so we very much took that approach that if we were going to live in another place, we'd have a very small house, um, you know, try and um, spend a lot less money. Um, But again, with creative ways of depending on your situation and how old you are and whether you have children or not, Most people, I guess I should say most professionals can probably figure out a way to make the money piece work for a year. And then beyond that, well, that's where you're embracing the uncertainty because maybe you go to this smaller, quieter place um, and find that you're going to work in a way that you make a little bit of money or or, uh, you can live off your savings or whatever it is. So I'd say being creative and open about it is probably that's how that works. Interestingly, Marina, um, the, qu- the money question, and because Sam and I talked about this certainly for probably for five years before we actually did it, really talked about it. And every time we talked about it, the money would come up first. And Sam would say, well, how can we avoid it? How, how, how would we do this? And I finally said to him, you know, I don't have the exact answer to that, but I'm pretty sure that money is not the real obstacle here. It's what, whether yeah. we want to give up our life and our identities in this big city, and go try something else. You know, are willing to give up social status and yeah. that kind of thing. And I think he finally heard me on that. And interestingly, I had all the ideas, but honestly, on the gap, or he he has seemed to adjust better. Whereas I've had a lot of regrets about leaving D.C. Pretty much over them now, but. Um, so money is, seems to be the biggest obstacle. I don't think it is. I think it's really more wrapping your head around who you are, who you might want to be, how you might want to change as a person, how you want to live your life. So,
0: Yeah, and let's kind of like keep, it we'll just kind of drive that way a little bit on that change of things, of people, you know, and a lot of people sometimes they've been doing just the same thing for like a very long time. And maybe like you've lived in D.C. for 31 years. You've established... Friends, I mean, you got your dry cl- everything that you do down pat and then to especially, you know, some people are adverse to change after so many years, I guess battle that inner desire of like, I want something more indifferent to, like you said, the uncertainty of what if I move somewhere and then I don't have any friends or, you know. All, all this stuff implodes. What did you do? Because you said you had a little bit of rocky time. You've been doing this for five years now. How did you get through if you had any of those um, doubting times? Like, did we do the right thing? And, and come out of the
1: side where you are now? Well, um, well interestingly, you mentioned Sam and his wonderful book. Because his, I think, reinvention was to become a writer and write his book. And he is very focused. You know, he just keeps moving forward. So he didn't suffer as many times of doubt or self-doubt as I did. We're very different as a couple, um, which is kind of amusing sometimes. But it's, it's, it, I always say that somehow we always are able to make the big decisions together. But There are a lot of little things that we don't agree on. So the question of how do you, you you really have to become more self aware and then actually think up, um, you know, small solutions, step by step. So by getting involved with things, for example, where we are in in Stonington, Maine, where, by the way, there is no dry cleaner. I love dry cleaning. The nearest dry cleaner is what's, there's a place you can drop off about 30 minutes away. There's little things like that, that as a woman I cared about, or where do you get your hair cut? Sam didn't really care about Um, and Sam for a while thought he might drive uh, the ambulance as a volunteer and he, he signed up with the Ambulance Corps and uh, got to know a lot of people and it ultimately just didn't work out because of his schedule and the book but and I'm uh, very involved with the, the little tiny theater that's kind of this amazing organization right here on the main street and on this coastal town of Stonington, Maine um, and I've gotten to know a lot of people that way and have felt you know, really useful, um, like it was really making an impact in a way that honestly, I don't think either one of us ever felt in D.C. Nice. So there's, there's lots of little things, you know, where you're tweaking and realizing, gosh, you know, that couple down the road, we've had them over to eat, and we've been to their house and, you know, they really, really feel like friends, you know, maybe even more than some of our D.C. friends whom we love, but they, everyone's always very busy, you know, so sort of, everyone's super busy with their jobs, and you couldn't just get together quickly, you know, have to schedule everything a month, a month in advance, so, you know, step by step, you begin to see the good things about being in a smaller, quieter place where there is less to do, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> but sometimes it, what we, we have found is it's often more of what we want to do, so, uh,
0: that's the operative key there. Kind
1: of, that's not a perfect answer because there really isn't a perfect answer to that. Cause it's just, it is learning how to embrace uncertainty and then trying things. Nice. nice.
0: And so what nice. final advice would you give to somebody that's listening? That's like, man, that sounds really great. I would love to do that. Would you just tell them to go for it?
1: I would, I would tell them to go for it. And I would say the biggest piece of advice is don't worry about how it's all going to turn out don't go in with an absolutely clear goal that you know now I'm here living in uh you know Brooklyn and now I'm gonna I'm gonna be out west I'm gonna be a goat farmer or something you don't have to know where you're gonna end up and that's really I think sometimes the biggest barrier to taking the gap year to thinking about making a change like this is well wait a minute I'm here and I know this this is my life and I'm good at it and, and secure and ensconced in it and there's this inertia, I mean, how, how would I change it? How, how do I know where I'm going? Um, and my advice is if you feel the urge to change and, you know, try on a new identity, um, which could be, you know, slowing down, you know, being a better, more thoughtful, considerate person, you know, whatever it is, don't worry exactly about what, what it's going to look like on the other end because that's kind of the, that's the magic of it. You really don't know, you just don't know. And if you're willing to take the leap, which is scary, but also exhilarating, um, I think you'll be surprised with what happens next. And and you might be thrilled. And if it doesn't work out, you ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? You can go back to what you were doing before.
0: I love that. Well, I think that is just a perfect way to end this show. But before we go, can you just let everybody know where to find you so they can just get some extra extra inspiration?
1: Uh, Well, the best place is probably my my website, which is debbieweil.com. And I guess it'll be there in your notes, but D-E-B-B-I-E-W-E-I-L.com. It'll be on your page. And um, when the podcast launches and it got a little delayed this summer, you know, that'll be there and my book coaching and Um, And I have a free newsletter. And if you sign up, you get this wonderful guide to writing that I've, you know, the free guide that I've written. And um, yeah, that's best. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever as Debbie Weil everywhere else. So you can always find me.
0: Well, thank you so much, Debbie. It was such a joy to talk to you and just so inspiring. And I just love that you're just doing all these things another way. And I'm going to do a gap year like that or years um, when I, when I get all my kids out of school.
1: Good. Something to look forward to. Start planning now in a very low key way.
0: Yes. And I love that just to embrace uncertainty and do the unknown and find Debbie. I'll put it all in the show notes. And for all of you listening, more inspiration for you, you know that there is always another way.